Hello and welcome to Small Biz Pod on Thursday, the 21st of April. I'm Alex Bellinger and I'm your very relaxed and slightly tanned host today, uh, having just got back from a brief holiday in Jerez in the south of Spain. Business blogging is the theme of today's show, so I'll be asking why would a business want to start a a weblog or blog, what are the benefits and what are the pitfalls. Coming up, I'll be interviewing the UK's most famous business blogger, Paul Woodhouse of Butler Sheet Metal, who writes the award-winning Tin Basher blog, and also Adriana Cronin-Lukas of the Big Blog Company, a consultancy that advises businesses looking to get blogging. But first, a big thank you to all of you who are listening out there. Um, Small Biz Pod listener figures are growing all the time, which is, which is great, and I really appreciate it. Not just in the UK, too, but in many other parts of the world. Uh, we've got listeners in the US, uh, in many European countries, France, Romania, Spain, and Germany, uh, as well as further afield in, in China, Hong Kong, uh, Thailand. Uh, so thank you all for listening and I really do hope you're enjoying the show. Uh, if you are, do recommend it to friends, colleagues, suppliers or, or anyone who's interested in the world of enterprise or who might be thinking of setting up their own business. And to any new listeners this week, welcome aboard. Uh, I hope you'll enjoy this show. Uh, do check out some of the others too. Uh, we're gradually building up what I hope it will be a, a great resource for people interested in all sorts of topics, issues and themes around the issue of, of enterprise and, and small business. Uh, moving on to, to, to comments, it really is a, a pleasure to hear your feedback by email. Also, if you fancy sending in an audio comment as an MP3 file, then uh, I'd be happy to play that on the show too. So, if you can record something, do give it a try and uh, send it through and we'll, we'll play that or I'll play that on, on Small Biz Pod. Uh, so on to a couple of comments to read out today. Stephen Cottrell of Building Better Outcomes sent in an email saying, Thanks for providing such a great show. Um, I have an extensive network in the UK, Europe and elsewhere, so if you'd like some contacts for future interviews, then please let me know. Uh, thanks, Stephen, for that. Uh, that's a, a great offer. Glad you're enjoying the show. Uh, and I'll certainly be in touch uh, when we have an opportunity to, to use some of your contacts on the show. Um, I also had an email uh, this week from Stephen Wright, who edits the excellent UK business magazine, Business 550. Uh, he sent me an interesting email re Small Biz Pod, and said, Glad to see you've caught the entrepreneurial bug. Great idea. Uh, and uh, Steve and I have been uh, corresponding by email and, and we may be able to uh, work together a little bit to bring you some interesting interviews going forward. So that's uh, a, a great email and, and an interesting development. So uh, stay tuned to, to hear how that one evolves. Right, you'll have noticed I've managed to avoid using the first person plural during the, the intro so far. Uh, as Paul Nichols at podcastpaul.com would say, if you're always saying we uh, in your podcast and really it's just you alone in the studio, so to speak, then you're either mad or you're royalty. Uh, well, I'm sure somewhere back in Bellinger family history, there is a schizophrenic aristocrat or two, but nevertheless, I'll be trying to keep my royal wheeze to a minimum. 
so thank you, Paul, for keeping all of us podcasters on the straight and narrow. Now, just before we go into interviews, just a small apology. Uh, Skype this week has been not quite as efficient as it normally is. So these interviews, although perfectly clear and listenable to, don't quite come up to the standard that I, I usually set myself or attempt to set myself uh, in terms of the quality of, of Small Biz Pod's audio. But uh, I'm sure you'll enjoy them anyway, and here they come. Okay, in today's edition of Small Biz Pod, uh, we'll be taking a closer look at blogging. Now, my guess is that most Small Biz Pod listeners are going to have a, a pretty good idea of what blogging is. I imagine most of them are going to be tech-savvy. Uh, but for those who are a little bit hazy, I'll, I'll attempt my own definition. Um, a blog, in essence, or a weblog, as uh, it's originally known, is, is a bit like an online diary, uh, regularly updated with views and opinions from an author who basically can be anyone, anyone from a, a teenage girl with a Franz Ferdinand crush to uh, the product development director of General Motors. So really pretty varied. Uh, and a lot of interesting reading out there. But Business blogging, in particular in the UK, hasn't really taken off as yet. Uh, later on in the show, we'll be talking to uh, award-winning blogger Paul Woodhouse, who uh, writes the Tin Basher blog, which is a, a blog of butler sheet metal in Lancashire. Um, Paul said to me the other day, rather modestly, that the only reason he'd won an award was because he was the only business blogger in the UK. But uh, I, that's not strictly true, but I, I kind of know where he's coming from. Um, of course, there are others, but um, I'm delighted to welcome today uh, to Small Biz Pod Adriana Cronin Lukash to the show. She's a, a founder of the Big Blog Company, uh, which is a consultancy that advises businesses on how to get blog blogging uh, and indeed why they would want to do it in the first place. So, Adriana, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hello. Hello. Um, should SMEs consider blogging, and if they should, why? I see blogs as a tool. And as such, it can be put to many uses, whether it's, as you pointed out, for teenagers or whether for companies. So looking at, uh, looking at blogging as a, as a DIY PR tool, that's where um, it has most impact on small businesses rather than big ones that have PR budgets. Uh, also, where I'm coming from is if you think of um, blogging as a storytelling or a conversation, it's a small business that actually has a story. It has, it still is is not a corporate entity, the same as a huge um, corporation, which and the kind of personality of people who run it. And blog can be a very good tool um, for that kind of thing. And also, um, if you think of marketing, I usually describe marketing and branding as a sort of sending a proxy. To, a blog is basically marketing without proxy, where it is you who goes to the party and talks to everybody, and, and maybe less polished, less. Less, um, but less well dressed, but it's it's you, and that's what blogs allows um, small companies to do is to have a direct conversation with the audience, without with their audience, our customer, without all that focus group market research and all kind of other marketing gizmo. So, yeah, from that point of view, absolutely, they should consider blogging. Yeah, um, obviously, you need a you need a, a personal voice out there. You need to make it personal and not not turn into some kind of uh, overtly uh, overt marketing spiel or or, or, or PR-led corporate claptrap. Uh, it, it needs to be it, it needs to be uh, personal. But are there some pitfalls in presenting a a personal face of a business, whether it's a small business or a larger one? Well, I mean, <laughs> depends how you. There are several aspects you need to be uh, aware of. Just like with anything that you're doing on behalf of a company, because 
unfortunately or fortunately companies more than just some of its individuals or so it should so it appears um, now blogging may be a good way of um, presenting the company as some of those individuals which i think is far more personal and far more human the difficulties or not the difficulties things you need to consider are ranging from the stylistic technical and legal pitfalls as you may call it stylistic what i mean by that simply who is going to write about and uh, about what? So what is your story? What do you want the world to know? And um, is it going to be a group blog? Is it going to be a single author blog? That a, a lot depends on um, your company and what what kind of um, atmosphere you've got in the office or whether you have a dominant uh, CEO or dominant personality in the company or whether you decide to go for a group blog. I actually usually recommend a group blog because I find the dynamics far more interesting and it also um, takes away the time management issue. So if you've got several people writing for a company blog, it means that they, it's much more natural, much more organic rather than, oh, I've got to feed the monster <laughs> every day. <laughs> it's just the one person. So, and then there's things like, um, most people I find, if they haven't blogged before, have a mental barrier in writing. They don't, they don't understand writing. You don't have to be a writer to blog. So what I often go and try to explain to people, just, just write naturally. Um, so use your own voice and you'd be surprised how many people think the moment you are writing for the public, they get all, what's the word, stuffy and, and boring and, and too self-conscious. So breaking down that, that can be a bit of a trick. But again, that's not, not, none of it is impossible. Technical, obviously means uh, what kind of software you're going to use. Is it centrally hosted one? Is it your own hosting? Depends uh, how big you are. Again, you have all sorts of ranges, so that's not a very um, much of a pitfall, really. Legal, again, the legal stuff um, is not, and none of it is uh, prohibitive for blogging. The, the only thing is you need to think about it, and you need to be aware of what it is that you're trying to do, and. Just like with anything you do in a company, blogging does not change any of the restrictions or rules that companies were facing vis-a-vis their customers, things like um, confidentiality, privacy, maybe trade secrets. Now you have to control your employees more when they're blogging. It's all, it all can be handled by a blogging policy. A very clear um, you know, understanding of what you want people to do and what you don't want them to do. And if you let them know in advance and treat them like intelligent human beings, generally you get a result. Um, most of these scandals that I, scandals, how people <laughs> being fired yeah. um, for blogging, comes from the fact that, um, comes from the fact that the bloggers themselves didn't know, they didn't mean to. Very few of them were malicious. There was a case for Waterstones. Yeah. I don't think he actually intended to. He didn't realize that they would be reading. He didn't realize it could lead to him being fired. Companies overreact uh, if they thought about it be before anything, before um, they, they um, talk to the blogger and, and then design some sort of um, blogging policy. Clear, concise, commonsensical. A lot of it can be avoided. Why is it that uh, business blogging thus far hasn't really taken off in the UK? Is it that all? Is it the nervousness about about some of the, the cases about employees? Uh, is is it the, the technicalities or, or is it simply that people don't recognize what the benefits are? I think, I think it's a mixture of the three with emphasis on, well, with, um, actually, with emphasis on the third one, 
that people, I don't think people quite realize what the benefits are. It's interesting because we have just um, had two of my colleagues were in the States where blogging is much bigger. And yet, lots of people are now saying, oh, oh I've been doing this blogging. Uh, what else can I do with it? So it's not necessary for the benefits to be that obvious. It's obviously the culture that in the US people pick up new things much faster and just run with it. Um, so that's one small bit of it. The technical side, I don't think so. The whole point of blogging is that it's easy to set up and do. And whatever extra emergent technical problems, they can always be sorted out if you're part of the blogosphere. But I think, I think individuals, companies and individuals are not very well defined. What I'm trying to say is that I think most people, when they go to work, they do not see themselves as individuals. So I think they have to realize that they can they can act like <laughs> like individuals, and and also companies need to realize that's a good thing. If, if I have if I had a secret agenda. In fact, there's not such a secret agenda because I'm talking about it all the time, is to teach companies uh, how to relate to their employees. It's the whole company is a legal fiction. Um, it's the sum of your indiv of the individuals who work for it, and that's your best asset. So, so blogging can allow you to turn your company inside out and show the world the, world the best you've got. And that best you've got is your employees, and blog can be a very good mean means to, to show the, the world this. Now, why in the UK it hasn't happened? Um, I think part of it is people just don't feel they can go and bypass the structures, which is not necessary. If you go for company blogs, it's not necessary. But I, I just feel there's not much awareness of the fact that it's a good thing that employees are blogging about the company. There's this control issue, whole top-down um, the ability, the desire to control everything top down, and it's not necessarily it's not pathological. It's just that's how, um, you know, it is perceived that that's how you get a comp effective and efficient company, but that's not necessarily the case. Um, another thing is, I think lots of companies in the UK are using blogs internally, far far more so that we realise, and I I, can't, I started to come across it a lot. And they use it internally for um, knowledge management or capture of so-called tacit knowledge. It's very interesting to me how many people are getting so excited about it that they are starting to evolve intranets on blogging software. And I've been approached by several big companies to try to do that. And it's, it's, it's coming from within, so to speak. So it is happening. It's just happening differently from the U.S. Okay. Uh, in fact, I, I think for smaller businesses, uh, one of their strengths is their people. They have they have less structure. They have uh, a greater ability to be a little bit more flexible about yes. what, how their employees go out and speak to customers. And to that extent, I think uh, blogging, in some ways, could be a much more more useful or immediately useful tool for for the smaller business sector than for some of the corporations who have compliance officers crawling all over everything and corporate comms departments. I couldn't agree more, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's why it, it's also much easier for them to do it and, and see the results much faster. Because the kind of exposure they can generate with a blog is, is it's actually phenomenal when you think about it. That there's suddenly a whole new way of getting people to know or really getting your customers to know about you. And it's not just about your blog. The blog is not um, doesn't exist in isolation. You suddenly have a whole network to plug your uh, your story into. The most important thing for small companies to realize, or anyone who is blogging, 
um, but especially companies are um, that have a tendency to do that. You must not vlog about what you want other people to know. You must not vlog about what um, you think they should be interested in. You vlog about either yourself and no, don't give a damn about the audience, just be yourself. Or you blog about something that you think they, they are interested in, about, that they are interested in. Not, not just something that, you know, it's like when you think about marketing. Um, marketing speak is all about telling you what you should know about the company, what the marketing people want you to know about the company. That's useless. I'm not interested. I don't care. It doesn't give me any value. But if you're talking, if you, I don't know, car manufacturer, because that's a big company, but let, let's stick with it, it's a good example. Um, I would love to talk to somebody who actually designs the engines, not about somebody who's telling me about various kind of extra features and stuff they think I'm interested in, in a kind of superficial level. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, is, it, is, it is the stylistic pitfall. It's knowing what, what it is you're going to be writing about, what is your story, and how to use your blog as a credibility machine. That's where sometimes dub blogs as credibility machines. If you do yeah. it right, you build reputation um, beyond any other tool that currently exists online or, frankly, anywhere else. One of the elements of blogging that is quite often cited as a benefit is the ability for people to leave comments and for uh, conversations to be opened up on uh, specific posts. Now, there are some, some clear potential advantages here from a business's point of view in generating feedback on new ideas, product development, uh, just general, generally in, in terms of potentially developing a, uh, a set of readers of the blogs who, who, who could actually end up going out there being almost an evangelical uh, customers, uh, doing mm -hmm. your, your whole PR and marketing job for you and leaving you to get on with running the business. But one thing that has struck me in looking at, at, at blogs over the last six months or so is that there are relatively few that have really strong conversational elements uh, through the comments section. Yes. Um, why do you think that is? Well, it depends on which ones you are looking. I observe the same thing. In the, I actually run several blogs and in different corners of blogosphere, as I would call it. Um, depends which blogs you're looking at. Um, in the political area, absolutely, they are heaving with comments of all sorts. And I, because because I run a successful blog with many many commenters, um, I often I wonder, well, what is it? I know I can generate lots of comments, so why I don't get as many comments on my business blog? And the fact is, at the moment, at least in the UK, everybody or pretty much most of the people who read my blog are people with other blogs. So if they comment, they link to me on their other, on their blogs. So they rarely have a reason to comment. And also, they are if they are like me, they are sort of absorbing the information from my blog. So there's not much of the normal populace in, in the blogosphere just yet. They are in the US. I find most uh, a lot of business blogs in the US have a far more lively comment section. Yeah. But in the UK, it's very, very rare. And I, I often think about that. And sometimes it's people don't have anything to add. If they are reading me as a blog consultancy kind of stuff or they just want to know they don't really necessarily have much to say and also i haven't seen a proper business blog in terms of uh, i call them brand blogs or, or expertise blogs when you actually get a company with already a build-up brand and following let's say um i don't know wine merchant blog would be perfect for me that's my dream blog get a get a wine there's lots of good wine merchants 
get them blogging about wine of the day and, and, and talk about how their buyers travel. And you know, it's just so much stuff to write about. You would get people very busy in, com in the comment section. Yeah. yeah. It's a hobby. So there are not many of them just yet. And I'm, that's why I'm, I'm here. I mean, I'm really, really looking forward to, to getting on with these kind of blogs. Most, blog, most business blogs that you find now are meta blogs. Meta-blogging, meaning they blog about blogging. Yeah, yeah. Quite often, it's quite a navel-gazing um, community. The blogosphere. There, there's a lot of cross-posting and cross-referencing, and people talking to themselves very excitedly about what a great thing blogging is. But they're all bloggers, and I, I, I'm I'm looking forward to the day when, as you say, and I'm sure it will come, the real small businesses like tin basher or, or, or real yeah real real businesses like tin basher actually uh, increasingly get onto the web and talk about things that genuinely genuinely interest people yes another thing about navel gazing i used to think the same thing until i started looking at blogosphere as a network and the navel gazing became actually a very important uh, characteristic of the network and that's one of the things that I recommend to um, people, companies who start blogging, that this you can put this to good use. It's exactly because people cross-reference and link to each other that you can spread your message much faster, and you can you can really um, you can you can see how the message is distributed across the network. And and that's that's my kind of hobby, the big picture hobby, where I look at um, what. How you bring the network to bear on your on your clients' um, um, exposure and visibility. So yes, it's navel gazing at the moment because it is early days. It is exciting, and I think lots of companies, if they start blogging now, they will get the benefit of that just because they are blogging. Yeah. In this time, it won't be any news. Somebody just starts a blog. Well, okay, so what? Big deal. Is it a good blog? No. Now they would get so much exposure from the blogosphere simply because they started blogging. So I'm um, I'm kind of like you know hello you know start blogging. <laughs> you can get you can get really a first adopters um, advantage. Okay, I think that's that's probably a good place to end it. Thank you very much, Adriana. That was that was really good. I too am hoping that more small businesses take advantage of uh, of blogging and i'm sure they will do but, but it, it is a question i guess of being a little bit patient but for all those who want to be early adopters and and, and get their profile up quickly uh my advice and and obviously adriana's too is to to get out there and uh, and take a look at it it's it's really not that hard to do so thanks adriana my pleasure Okay, so we've heard Adriana Cronin-Luca. She's given us some insight into uh, the benefits of business blogging in principle. Uh, but as yet, there are very few UK businesses that are actually operating a blog. Uh, perhaps one of the most unlikely businesses to be, to be leading UK business blogging is a Lancashire-based sheet metal manufacturer called Butler Sheet Metal, uh, whose Tin Basher blog has garnered uh, blogging awards and a huge amount of online plaudits. Uh, and I actually think, you know, very well deserved because it's one of the most engaging blogs you're, you're likely to read, uh, certainly one of the most engaging UK blogs. And uh, I'm delighted to welcome to Small Viz Pod today its author, who is Paul Woodhouse. Paul, welcome to the show. Thanks very much. How are you? I'm well. How are you? You know, fair to middle and everything's all right. <laughs> Good. It was an aw awfully nice introduction. Thank you. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. Um, so... Uh, I've not really explained what Butler Sheet Metal and also Planters Direct, which I know is another important part of the business that you're 
uh, very involved with. Uh, I've not really explained what they do. Tell us a little bit about them. Uh, well, Butler Sheet Metal is just a porky little sheet metal fabrication shop, like you say, in East Lancashire, that specialises in stainless steel fabrication. And we're just situated in a tiny little unit inside an old Victorian foundry, you know, and it's run by my brother-in-law, John, and his brother, Matt. There's about seven of us who work there. And the plant is direct side, which we've just changed the name to Tim Potelli. And that's our home decorative side, which deals more with stainless steel planters, water features, and things for the home in general. And that's the, that's the side that I'm more involved with directly. Okay. Right, so so when you set up the, the Tin Basher blog, what, what did you en- envisage it to do? Well, I wanted to actually put through our existing web presence, because you know how most websites are fronted brochure, if you will. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to get, like, underneath and be able to present more details about the companies, you know, and be able to, like, pardon the fun, but to galvanise the two <laughs> together, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> and... Also, that grubby little secret that we don't like to talk about in terms of blogging, the SEO and linking effect. Yeah. Be able to obviously make us more visible to potential customers in terms of Google and Yahoo and whatnot. Yeah. And that's that's more or less it. And um, one of the things, obviously, that that, that comes across very strongly in the, 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 the blog is your your style of writing and your personality. And I think that very much helps give people a, a, a warmer feeling t- towards the, the two businesses that you're involved with. Have you, was that a sort of a deliberate attempt to, to, to bring a, a sort of personality to the business or, or were you just really being yourself? Tom, I can't really say that it was a, you know, some kind of weird company decision because we don't really make company no. decisions on it. You know, it was just me who decided to do it and run with it and all that kind of thing. But I mean, it's just necessarily how I am as a person, really, and how we are as a company. It kind of reflects that, you know. Yeah. And it, it's just purely coincidental more than anything else. But uh, whether whether by design or, or or accident, I think that's one of the, the the keys, probably, to a successful business blog. I think I'd say absolutely. There has to, you have to be relatively personable. You have to have some kind of personality. Yeah. You know the old voice thing. I think it's crucial. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Otherwise, you really do struggle. Because I mean, how dull would sheet metal be? <laughs> let's, get it, let's get it right. You're not going to turn people onto a sheet metal blog. No. But I do. You know what I mean? I do get, you know, the odd housewife every now and again. I think it think it's quite a giggle. And <laughs> um, you know, it wasn't necessarily the intention when I started it off. <laughs> right. But fair enough. You know what I mean? You say what you can get. Absolutely. What business benefits have you have you seen from the blog? Well, the bottom line is obviously traffic's gone up, inquiries have gone up, and obviously money via our online presence. But more of it's been generated. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's more or less it in a nutshell. You know? Yeah. I can obviously get get more details in terms of in terms of the traffic coming through. I before I, I revamped the Timbasher in September, you were talking about. Just over 200 for the main butler sheet metal site a month. Yeah. Unique, unique visitors. Then in October, we received just over 1,200 unique visitors. Yeah. 
And by the time it got to January, once we'd got some page rank, it probably leapt up to two and a half to three thousand. And now this month, Envisage will probably get over five thousand unique visitors. But before, nobody would ever bookmark, book the sheet metal site. No, no. And now, I mean, we're talking, you know, at least one, two, three a day. Yeah. You no. Know, so there's that stickiness element that people want to come back and read it. Yeah. You know? For a business like yours, that's that's clearly quite some benefit and possibly a little unexpected. But have there been any other sort of surprising results or, or incidents as a, as a result of the blog? I, I imagine you get some, some strange fan mail, don't you, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> if only I did. <laughs> no, you mean, you mean other than getting invited on to do the podcast? Absolutely. Like yeah. You know, no, I'm actually, curiously enough, I'm actually doing a, uh, an interview with the, with the Guardian. Oh, good. Good. You know, which will probably turn out rather bizarrely. But, Strange things do tend to happen when you're blogging. There's a, there's a lot of things that you don't necessarily expect. I mean, I think I think one of my favourite ones was a, one of my earlier posts when I was talking about this TV production company. Yeah. We tried to basically blag us for some free planters. You know, we didn't know them. We didn't know the program. It was only for a pilot on UK Living or Channel Five or something. And I just left a stupid little comment afterwards saying to any future TV producers. We only deal with Titchmarsh. And that day, the BBC actually rang us right. and said, can we have some of your planters for the Gardener's World magazine supplement? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, which, at the end of the day, it was supposed to come out this month, but even though they did take them, obviously, it didn't transpire. But at the time, I found it quite interesting that there was that kind of interaction going on. Yeah, I mean, you know? that's a perhaps surprising outcome, but... Um... Not so if you know blogging. The people who who are reading these things are, are people from from all sorts of organisations that your your business might not normally have uh, contact with, or it might not normally be be easy to reach okay. them. So that kind of result demonstrates the sort of I guess the marketing benefits for for, for a business. Absolutely, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, we the the, the reach. And the potential reach is quite, is quite frightening. You can tell, obviously, through your referrals, you know, when maybe Boeing come and have a look or, <laughs> yeah. you know, such and such. And, you know, there, there are obviously a lot of people who are coming on that, that you would never expect or would necessarily want to a, to a greater or lesser degree. But I always try not to dupe them. I think that's another key that I try and make sure that if they are coming on for... Via, via a Google search, that I'm always sending them somewhere that's relevant. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. that's only fair. Yeah. I, I, think, I think that's, you know, you're, you're highlighting another uh, essential element in, in, in blogging, and that is really integrity, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, it's not always necessarily about you being the foremost expert in your field, because obviously if you're just a sheet metal job shop in Lancashire, then you don't know everything about steel, you don't know everything about, you know, the the leading edge of your industry because potentially within the steel industry, a lot of it's very closed. It's a lot of the internet um, sites are still subscription-based where you have to pay a lot of money. So you right. can never really get on that level, you know. But from, from our point of view, yes, you can 
connect with various people on various other different levels and at least send them somewhere remotely relevant. Good stuff. So what are your plans for the future in in terms of the the, the blog and and indeed the business? Well, the blog might be finishing fairly shortly. I don't know because I'll be emigrating to America. I'm married to an American girl. Hopefully, uh, the Tim Potelli and the the planter side I'll be yeah. able to continue them over there. We're looking at sourcing or finding another fabrication company that should be able to do them when I'm over there. But other than that, no, I don't want to give up Tim Basher. You know, no. it would it, be, be a shame, but I also don't want to just keep it going for the sake of, of the fact that set it up, you know. I think yeah. you, I don't think you can be a... Because essentially I'm a company blogger. Yeah. Supposed to be a sheet metal blogger. So I don't think you can necessarily blog from another part of the world. You know, yeah, I, I think guess if, you know, if you are a company if you are a company blogger, then you have to be the company basically. You know. Yeah. Not rocket yeah. science, I don't think. No. So we okay. shall see. Well, it's interesting, and I well, hopefully you'll uh, you'll be you'll be blogging again, whether under the the Tin Basher name or or, or uh, Tin Pot Alley blog, perhaps, um, if if that takes takes off in the states, could be a could be a very big market for someone as famous as you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you've got to remember that when it comes down to like you know famous UK bloggers, there's only about two to choose from, and it's no, either me or English cook. Yeah, I reckon I'm, I'm I'm in the top ten famous uh, UK podcasters. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know just I mean? about. And we and we and we saw we saw thin on the ground. It's quite scary, you know. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, good luck. However, however, uh, your business opportunities in the states turn out, and I do hope that you you keep blogging it, uh, either a, a personal blog or or a business blog, because I know that uh, lots of people out there uh, enjoy your 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 written voice. So thanks very much, Paul, for coming on the show today. Thanks very much for having me, Alex. Right, well, the the more observant amongst you will have realised that due to the length of the show today, we've not had time for any small business news, but that will be right back with you next week. So on to my choice of music, which is, again, Podsafe Music uh, from garageband.com. And the track is called Stardom. And it's by DJ Lennox.